What is good, everyone, and welcome to the We Just Talk Wrestling Podcast. My name is Kyle. I'm here with Dylan and Christian this week. We have a loaded show for you guys today, but as always, we'll break down the weekly shows, going over any stories from all the different promotions. We'll be doing a gimmick tournament bracket this week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WJTW19, and give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you use to listen to the show. So, Dylan, what caught your eye in wrestling this week? All right, boys. Let's talk about the WWE draft kick off the show here. So, as we know, the dates of the draft will be Friday the 28th and Monday, May 1st. So, literally, at uh, basically like the week right before Backlash. So, <clears throat> Ringside News is reporting that Vince McMahon has no involvement in the draft um, and that the Triple H era, quote-unquote, will officially kick off the draft. So as we know, when Triple H took over creative, he was handed basically Vince's scraps. He was handed up, uh, you know, the unified world titles and, and basically just kind of wrapping up a lot of the storylines that were already in place and that uh, Triple H will start to push a lot of his people post-draft so look for la Knight, look for candace loray look for gargano when he's healthy and champa when he's healthy watch them skyrocket up towards the top of the card we know bronson reed's already kind of being featured in a prominent spot so that's it's kind of already starting um but this uh the draft is apparently triple h's baby he is handling it himself vince mcmahon has zero involvement in it according to ringside news so what do you guys think of that well, I think the one thing is, where does Omos get drafted? If he's early, undrafted, you know, undrafted. if he's in either an undrafted or he's very, very late, then I can see it. But honestly, like, I'm not even being funny. Like, it's really where he is, right? Because, I mean, we can see a lot of people are going to go for Triple H early. Like, I think Raquel's going to go early. Obviously, Rhea's going to go early. Cody, um, Seth. Yeah, uh, yeah Roman. the big ones for sure. Roman but will probably I, get drafted about, first. But, I'm really talking yeah. about his NXT guys and girls, the black right. and gold. Um, I'm just really interested to see where they go. Um, and obviously where Omos goes, does Brock get involved? Does he get drafted? What are some of the NXT names? Like Ilya Dragunov's obviously ready. Tyler Bate obviously is ready. I could see Dragon Lee being already ready, even though he hasn't been there a while. Zoe Stark is probably the best one they have on the roster right now down She'll there get called um, up, besides yeah. Mecco. So it's going to be very interesting to see where they go. It's just really where the Vince guys go. Mm-hmm. I think that's the bigger question. What do you think, Christian? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this would be like the start of the Triple H era. I mean, he's been in creative for uh, like eight months now. Creative mm-hmm. with quotations, but go on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this draft will say a lot, but who's to say, and I know Kyle isn't going to like hearing this, who's to say that Triple H is just doing the draft and Vince will run whatever after the draft? Well, well, Vince, not to cut you off, but if Triple H is running the draft, it leads me to believe that Vince isn't going to have a part of it. Vince will want to say in the draft yeah. so he knows what the shows are going to look like so if triple h is quote unquote you know in charge <laughs> of it it makes me believe and gives me some optimism that vince really isn't back in creative he's just in his ceo role he'll probably have a hand in what happens with roman and brock like and he Omos. always does but yeah it, it it sounds like it's still triple h's wwe 
And all the reports are showing that the true Triple H era is about to begin, which last last cool. few weeks of Raw and SmackDown have been much better than that atrocious Raw after Mania. So. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's just uh, we'll just – I'll believe it when Wait I see it see. kind of thing. Wait and see. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Christian, go ahead with yours. So last week, this was part of Dylan's dumb moment. This week, I'm going to talk about a little more seriously. John Morrison has talked to both AEW and WWE. Now, he put out a quote saying he would return to WWE, even though he hates it. I don't have <laughs> logic there, but he's also brought up that he might want to stick with boxing. There's also been reports saying that he likes and respects both Tony Khan and Vince McMahon. But out of all things, what goof. That he <laughs> Whatever company he joins, if he joins any, to be honest with him about his pl- about what his future plans would be and what they would do with him. And it's also noted that Taya Valkyrie, whose wife, is currently in AEW. So mm-hmm. if he had to pick between the two, which one would, do you guys think he would go to? Well, here's the thing. I, it's really going to be what WWE offers him money-wise. Yeah. I think that would be the biggest thing. I'm everything's pretty much set in stone for him in AEW, but if WWE comes out with a big money offer and you promise him Triple H to run creative, things might be better. Um, you don't have to immediately put him with a Miz like Vince would. You know what I'm saying? Like you can <laughs> you can have him do his own thing. They don't um, need to cross paths. But I I just don't think either need him, right? Yep. Like yep. I think Impact would really benefit with having him. Um, doing the Johnny Impact thing again, I think that would be their best for Impact. But uh, it's really – I think it's just where the money is, don't you think? Yeah, same thing. You know, like Christian kind of alluded to, he said he's open to WWE, but he hates WWE. The reason why you're open to WWE if you hate it there is because they're going to give you a big fat check. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's, that's it. And they um, have financial backing than AEW does. So. Yeah. yeah, well, hey – you know, Tony Khan's got a got a rich daddy too, so he's, he's got that Jaguars money right now. But yeah. um to be honest with you, like like Kyle said, I don't think any company really needs him. I think he'll get lost in the shuffle in AEW because that's what's been the that's norm. That's what's happening right now. Yeah. And he might be utilized a little better in WWE just because that's where he made his name. But to be honest, he'd probably get lost in the shuffle there too, like he did the last time. And that's not a shot at John Morrison. It's just I mean, look at the roster now, like, and look at the roster in AEW. I don't think he's, you know, yeah, from a personal standpoint, AEW makes more sense because that's where Taya is, but I, I think he gets lost in the shuffle in both. He'll be you, treated much better with impact, although the money will be less. Oh, but yeah. to be honest, he just called out KSI, so why not box KSI and make a million dollars? Like, who cares? Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because I kind of would like to see Morrison in theory for the U.S. title. I think that yeah. would be pretty fun. But what do you what do you think, Christian? Before we move on to mine, now, a really quick point here. I agree with you, but I disagree with you, Dylan. Hmm. Dude is talented. Oh yeah, he's great. He's go in the ring and mm-hmm. if Triple H is running WWE like we kind of think he is. He'll be used. They'll, Triple H will find some form, whether it's like Kyle said a mid-card title feud with Theory, or maybe he goes to SmackDown and him and Ricochet could feud, which would just be fun. Yeah. But he could get lost in the shuffle. He's a little – he's older. He's, he's in his 40s. He's got to be, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, 
we wouldn't know how much longer he would wrestle for. But with his talent, I think a company could use him, but I mean, use him at all. Oh, he could. Yeah. I don't think I don't think he gets lost in the shuffle because of age. I think he gets lost in the shuffle simply because both rosters are super deep. That it's just like yeah. there's only so much screen time for these guys. Like everyone in the bloodline is going to be treated like top dogs. You, you still have Cody. You still have Seth. You still have you know Theory's champ right now. Bronson is now Day. yeah Judgment Day. Bronson's now getting a shine. Bobby's always going to be featured. LW. McIntyre eventually comes back. Yeah, the LW. I I just think there's just there's just not enough screen time to go around. That's why yeah. I'd say he gets lost. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, we are going to jump to mine real quick. So it has been reported by multiple websites that New Japan Pro Wrestling and Impact will be putting on Multiverse United 2 show. Uh, the, first win won, the first one went so well around Mania time. This will take place August 20th in Philadelphia, which should be an absolutely fantastic show. There should be a lot of diehard pro wrestling fans there, so I am very interested to see what kind of matches they put on. So, obviously, depending on injuries, um, I could see a Jeff Cobb versus Josh Alexander. I've seen that. I've seen Will Ospreay finally versus Speedball. That was supposed to happen in the last one until Ospreay got hurt. So, it was Tanahashi versus Speedball, which ruled anyway. But yeah. um, And then this time around, this is for me personally, the match that I want to see would be Okada versus Ace Austin. That would be my personal one. I think they would absolutely tear the house down in a main event. But what are some matchups that you guys uh, want to see this time around? Starting with uh, Christian. Wow, you just put me on the spot. <laughs> and I have no preparation going into this one. So Yeah, I just put you around there. Yeah, that's that what spot. Kyle does. Yeah. I mean, this may not be a good matchup fit-wise, but... I think just the overall in-ring talent would be fun. I think Mike Bailey versus Okada would be. Tense. Oh yeah, I mean they would absolutely uh, <laughs> set, the, set the world on fire with that one. Any anyone got any Bully Ray match ideas? Uh, yeah, Bully, Bully Ray, Ray versus, versus Ishii versus X Pac. Yeah, that would be Dylan's match. <laughs> um, you know, there's a, there's just a lot of talent on these rosters. So I'm just very excited. Maybe we get a women's match. Maybe someone from Stardom come over. Um, does Mercedes show up at the show? Maybe take on Deanna Perrazzo. We'll have to wait and see. But um, I'm very interested to see what these uh, brands do. But um, you guys ready to move on? Yes, sir. All right. It's time for AEW this week. Starting with Rampage, Julia Hart beat Kira Hogan, and El Ejo Del Vikingo retained the AAA Mega title with a win over Drillistico. Going to Dynamite, Wardlow defeated Powerhouse Hobbs to regain the TNT title. And oh my goodness, they have added a lot of prestige to that title, Dylan. My goodness. Jay White, <laughs> Jay White defeated Commander and. In the main event, Sammy Guevara beat Jungle Boy by countout, pretty much solidifying the Fatal 4-Away for double or nothing, which should be great. They did this angle with the Jericho Appreciation Society and the Outcast beating down Britton and Cole, which is leading something towards the future. This Adam Cole babyface run will be massive, and I cannot help but notice that Jamie Hayter as the champion is not as important as Britton Saray right now. How it's always been, which is very sad. Yeah, it's just a lot of questionable booking this week. Um, 
I thought it was very underwhelming. Uh, Dylan, what'd you think? For yeah, yeah. I mean, underwhelming is probably the right term there. Um, it is a shame that the women's world champion, and they like to throw in the word world champion. Yeah. Um, is is kind of an afterthought. You know, she 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 kind of plays sidekick to Britt Baker in a lot of ways, and it's 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 been a big complaint of ours for quite a while. So and she's so good, good too. So. I mean, yeah, she's so good. So I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> Britt's taking that title offer. I yeah, mean, that's yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. As far as you know, obviously, I think pads are going towards an Adam Cole Jericho match. Should be fine. Which should be fine, but it's kind of like I wanted. I wanted something different. I wanted something more, but I'm not mad about it. Um, I, I I think it'll be a fine match. Adam Cole has to win. Hundred oh, percent. That's that's the most predictable match of the whole card. Yeah, because I think I think this eventually leads like Adam Cole. He's I can see him beating baby. MJF. I think he has to, right? If he's yeah. going on a big babyface run, what do you think, Christian? I mean, if Adam Cole doesn't beat him, because MJF's going to retain that fatal four way. But if Adam Cole, hundred percent. Who's next for MJF? Is, maybe there's maybe, not really maybe a singles match with Sammy. I don't know. See, yeah, just, maybe. Just, yeah. <laughs> Fatal four way match, would you really have that singles match with Sammy? Well, the only way it would work is if Sammy turned babyface after it, which yeah. I could kind of see after They've the promos that they the put seeds, on. Yeah. That they, Dylan's right, they planted the seeds. So, I mean, if you really want to turn him into that big star, I'm not against it. Mm-hmm. So, but I think, I think it's got to be Adam Cole. Watch it be CM Punk and we're all wrong. Well, if, or. Oh, hey, what about the rumors of gold? Maybe it's Goldberg. It could be Goldberg. Hey, just it could be Goldberg. Hey, no one thought Goldberg was beating the Fiend. Goldberg could go to All In and beat MJF. Beat him in three minutes. Uh, oh, could you imagine? Um, all right. So uh, I also want to say before we move on, Julia Hart been one of the best things in AEW week to week. Oh, um, ever so since she joined House of Black, she's been great. Yeah. Really, um, really quick about AEW. Mm-hmm. Thing on Twitter, somebody said the TNT title is basically just a better version of the 24-7 championship. Oh, 100%. It's hot potato. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's a better-looking better. belt, for sure. Yeah. It matter. looks great. Um, so we're going to go to Dylan with the WWE News. <laughs> All right, let's start with Monday Night Raw. Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville defeated Mia Yim and Candice LeRae in tag team action. Uh, Trish Stratus explained her attack to Becky Lynch and claims that she is no one's sidekick, that she's the greatest of all time. Uh, Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley ended in a no contest after Bronson Reed attacked both men as Lashley had Theory in the Hurt Lock, hence the SmackDown announcement that I'll get to. Seth Rollins defeated The Miz in actually a very, very good match. Yes. these These two have great chemistry. They've wrestled in the past before. Um, Seth's A+. Plus. Miz is one of the cleanest workers I think WWE has made for a great TV match between those two. Uh, the Cody Rhodes-Brock Lesnar match for Backlash was made official by Adam Pearce. He said, it's official if Cody Rhodes doesn't attack Brock Lesnar. And he tried to fight through like 40 security guys and almost <laughs> got to him at one point. Um, but that match is now made official. Bianca Belair defeated Kota Kai in singles action. Mm. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle defeated Damian Priest, Finn Balor, and Dominic Mysterio in six-man tag action. And Solo Sokoa defeated Rey Mysterio with the Samoan Spike. Let's move on to SmackDown real quick. Get the stupid ad out of my face. 
Solo Sokoa defeated Riddle in the main event of the show in a no-disqualification match. That was actually a lot of fun. The Samoan spike at the end, where yeah. Riddle like, took the, 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 the inside-out bump, I guess is what it's called, or something. something yeah. I, I don't know. It, it looked brutal. Uh, Judgment Day defeated LWO in the uh, tag action. It was Priest and Balor against Mysterio and Escobar. Uh, Selena Vega demanded a match with uh, Rhea Ripley. And Rhea Ripley happily said yes. So that match is now official at Backlash. Selena Vega and Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's title. Karrion Cross called out Shinsuke Nakamura, setting up a match between those two in the near future. Ricochet and Braun Strowman defeated the Viking Raiders in tag action after Ricochet hit a swanton bomb off of Strowman's shoulders. And he's so cool. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez successfully retained their tag team titles against Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Actually, a good match. Yeah, better than the uh, oh, the one on Raw. Oh, God. Well, that was on <laughs> Becky. Yeah. But, yeah. Walter successfully defends the Intercontinental Championship against Xavier Woods and actually a pretty good match in its own right. Oh. Um, and then it was announced that Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, and Bronson Reed will compete wow. for the United States Championship. That match, I think, will rule. But in the most head-scratching announcement of the week, and I say this for last for a reason, it was announced on SmackDown that Seth Rollins will be facing Omos at Backlash. God. Why? Just the floor Vince is yours. It. The floor is well, yours, guys. Well, I mean, I'm just going to – it's real quick. <laughs> I'm not going to let this ruin my week because we have a great episode planned for today. Uh I guess Triple H threw him a bone. I, 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 there's nothing Maybe. else to say about it. Omos is – I'm going to say it. I'm not really trying to be mean because he, he he does really look like a cool person. He likes anime. He likes Naruto, so shout out to him. Uh, <laughs> he's the worst wrestler in the industry. He is. And, and I, I don't think anyone wants to see him besides no. Vince. Yeah. So it's no shot at him personally. It's just why. Christian, and what the, do you think before we move Prince on? Prince in Saudi wants to see him too. Yeah. So it's going to be Omos Roman for the title. <laughs> you, know, you know what that means, Christian. Oh my Omos God. is going to break that streak, brother. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you? Yeah, they're um, setting up. They're setting up Cody and Omos for uh, SummerSlam. I would not watch his product. <laughs> no, ever no, I would not. <laughs> um, Christian, give uh, us your yeah. honest thoughts. Go and ahead. We'll Floor's yours. Floor's yours, bud. Let me try to think of an ex. Uh, 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 I can't even speak. I'm so mad at this. Yeah. You have a top five worker in the entire yeah. world. 100%. Yep. Top five. And then you have the worst worker in the world. Bottom five, 100%. <laughs> no, he's worse. No, I, I, I do, Whoa. Dylan. I think he is. Yeah. <laughs> so you. Seth Collins, one of your best workers, on the, probably your best worker on the roster. I don't care what anyone says. He's I the, think Cody is, but I, it's a debate. I don't. It's care. up there, yeah. I don't care. I think you're top two right there, hundred percent. But you're telling me that Seth went from being in the main event of Backlash for the world title, getting fed to this jackass. I, who, it just doesn't make. Who wrote this? Vince, Vince, I, that, that's it's honestly, you know, it, it it sucks to say, but it's Vince. You know, like I said, probably Triple H throwing him a bone, and 
He wants Omas. So I, I don't I don't know what the appeal is. Unless I'm missing something, mm-hmm. I don't see the appeal. No. Um, <clears throat> but I don't have anything else to say. I so, so I will be honest. I had to work kind of late last night. So I did not watch SmackDown Live. Um, so I saw all these announcements, and then we talked about it last night. Going back and reviewing a lot of SmackDown, and, or actually Raw, really, it all the, the rest of it makes sense. I understand the triple threat. Yeah. I understand the women's title, even though it was just like, I want a match. Okay, you got it. But they have had a previous run-in. So yeah, they have. And, and, you know, Selena did win the uh, Queen's Crown last year. So it's not saying that ties in. But, you know, she's been featured prominently before. And now with the LWO, she's featured even more prominently. So it makes sense. This doesn't. No, it's out of nowhere. They didn't have any interaction on Raw. They They stared each other down, Christian. Yeah. yeah, apparently they did stare each other down in um, long-term booking, as they say. Long-term uh, booking of five days. I, I'm ready to move on. Uh, yeah, we I got a care. great episode planned, but let's just move on. Backlash uh, will be fun, except for that match. Yeah, no, honestly. Um, I'm Backlash, not- has, Backlash has a good card, except for that match. Into the most consistent and best promotion of the week. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Christian with the Impact Wrestling News. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Consistent. Um, consistent. Yeah, this show sucks. Something big did happen on Impact this week. What Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer again? Hey, well, if it's anything that happened last Sunday, we'll we'll keep it for yeah. a little bit later. But go on. Oh, I, I don't have anything from last Sunday. Okay, I got right. this week's past show. So Heath and Rhino beat Jack Price and Shogun for zero reason. Hide machine. <laughs> Ray Miguel, Jonathan Gresham, and Mike Bailey. I don't understand why they had another match with these six. They've had like three matches already. I don't understand it. Alicia Edwards defeated Terra Rising. Uh, eh, it was all right. I do like Alicia, though. I think she deserves yeah. a push. Yeah, she deserves a little bit more. She just needs to be featured more. Yeah. Moose defeated... Oh, I hate this name with a passion. You, ye, couple out, Kyle. <laughs> I can never say it. I know. I, I don't. I don't have the last name right in front of me, but I, I know who you're talking about. You, ye, you, Yamora. Yeah, yeah. Frankie Kazarian beat John Skyler and Jason Hodge in a two-on-one handicap match, which <laughs> don't be a whole lot anymore. Again, why? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the best match of them all, Joe Hendry retained his digital media title against Sheldon Jean. <laughs> oh. <laughs> why was it? Why is the digital media title a thing? I, 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 maybe I, I don't. Because Cardona under, has just, the internet title, that's why. I don't understand. I really don't understand, to be honest. With you. Like, it just didn't really add anything to the show. Maybe it's just for like a a filler on the show every week, so you know you. Got, I I don't I don't know. It's like the twenty four seven title. It's just there to be there. Hendry defends it like every week too. Yeah, I mean he's a fighting. Yeah, champion. well, so did our truth. Yeah, but he's having actual matches. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, listen, I have nothing against Joe Hendry, but as far as just a wrestler, I, I'm just not interested. In him. <laughs> he's you know, to, oh, go ahead. He's supposed to be this some type of like motivator character or whatever, trying to get the fans to believe in him. 
But to me, he's just kind of a joke character. And he's a champion on the show. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. it. I've tried to think of any reasonable explanation as to why, for one, he's on the show and why this title's a thing. I can't find one. I don't find nope. any either of them. Joe Hendry and uh, Moose did steal wrestling headlines once. So, there's that. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, fun fact, R-Truth, 54-time 24-7 champion. Yeah. How many actual matches did he have for it? Clearly 54, Kyle. He won it 54 no, in, times. In ring. In ring. I, th- I think one. <laughs> <laughs> I think one and it went two minutes. Was there Was there any more in Impact this week? No. <laughs> Thank God. I... I... There were, I mean, there were I, I mean, Dreamer and Bully Ray segment, but I nah, nah, we'll skip that. I mean, I mean, the thing is, like, they just don't. I mean, to their credit, they do have injuries, but yeah. it's very weird booking because you do have a lot of talent in the roster, you're just not mm-hmm. using it. I, I do try, or I do credit them for trying to use new faces. I do, but there just needs to be a reason to care, and I think that's the reason why it's not kind of. Um, pertain to us or making us care but uh you know that's that's impact for right now they're getting desperate yeah you see that uh santino morella had a match last yep yep god yeah island miracle baby yeah well that's uh that is impact uh are you guys ready for the indies this week yep all right so this week i'll be highlighting socal pro wrestling based out of san marcos california Highlighting some of the action with Inferno Dragon defeating Ryan Kidd with a frog splash. Tanner Black defeated Tortuga in a lumberjack match to retain his Golden State title. In the main event, Jew Diz defends his SoCal Pro Wrestling heavyweight title against Tommy Wilson. Love Jew's offense early, dropping the knees to the left arm of the challenger. Really creative neckbreaker as well. Wilson came back just tossing the champion all around ringside, getting the momentum back. In the end, in a shocking twist, the referee helps Wilson grab a steel chair and super kick the the chair to the face of the champion, and now Tommy Wilson is the new champion. Really like the twist in using the referee. You don't see that a lot in wrestling, so uh, really good heel heat for Wilson. I really like the finish. Great night of wrestling, but my MVP this week goes to Tanner Black. This guy's got something. Great mannerisms inside the ring, and there really is something special about Tanner Black. I've watched some of his previous stuff this week. I think he's going to be a top favorite of mine in the indies. That is Tanner Black. So go check out SoCal Pro Wrestling based out of San Marcos, California, and you can catch him on YouTube. Awesome stuff. We will be sure to tag both the promotion and Kyle's MVP on social media like we do every single week so you guys can give them a like and a follow. This show just continues to show love to the uh, Southern California wrestling scene. Yep. Um, so good stuff as always. Big All right. A lot of stuff going on in Southern California. The Divines told us that too. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good stuff going on. But uh, Dylan, would you like to get into this day in history segment? Oh, I've got some doozies for you guys this week. <clears throat> all right, so this episode is coming out April 23rd, so all of these dates will be April 23rd. Are you guys ready? Yep. Yep. April 23rd, 1979, Ricky Steamboat and Paul Jones defeated the Masked Superstar and Ken Patera for the NWA <laughs> Tag Team Championships. <laughs> 
1988, the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournament was held for the last time until its revival in 2019. In the finals, Sting and Lex Luger, Luger defeated Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. In 1990, when the Ultimate Warrior defeated Hulk Hogan to win the WWF Championship at WrestleMania VI, he was immediately forced to vacate the Intercontinental Championship with a tournament set to crown a new champion. The first semifinal was held on April 23rd in Austin, Texas, with Mr. Perfect defeating Tito Santana. However, the following night, Rowdy Roddy Piper and the model Rick Martel fought to a double disqualification in the other semifinal. As a result, both men were eliminated from the tournament. Therefore, Perfect and Santana, the match that already happened, was the de facto final, and Mr. Perfect was declared the IC champion. That was a mouthful to get through. In 2006, TNA held their lockdown pay-per-view from the Impact Zone in Orlando, Florida. The main event was a lethal lockdown match that saw Sting's Warriors, which was Sting, AJ Styles, Rhino, and Ron the Truth Killings, defeating Jarrett's Army, Jeff Jarrett, Scott Steiner, Chris Harris, and James Storm. In 2007, (laughs) WWE Raw was taped in London, England. The main event saw Shawn Michaels defeat John Cena in a one-fall bout that lasted almost an hour. It is credited, I believe, as the longest match in Raw history. I could be wrong on that. And it's an absolute banger. If you guys have not seen it, please go check it out. In 2012, on an episode of Raw from Detroit, Michigan, Nikki Bella won the WWE Divas Championship in a Lumberjill match against Beth Phoenix. And some April 23rd birthdays. There's a lot of big names here. Happy birthday to Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, Dominic Dechikovic, Jesse from TNA Days, Moose, John Cena, Terry Gordy, and Tony Atlas. That's all really? I got. Yes, that's what I got. That's a lot of that's a lot of big names. Yeah, yeah a lot of big names this week. Um, Jesse right. being the biggest. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jesse. Um, all right, guys, it's time for the top five power ranking segment. Are you guys ready? Yes. All right, let's get into it. Number five goes to Prominences Mochi Natsumi. After watching Gato move this week, I saw Mochi for the first time, and she absolutely shined. This week, she was in a tag team match against May and Maya and was able to get the big win. This is someone who I'm not too familiar with, but she is a four-time international ribbon tag team champion who is super crafty and charismatic. Look for Mochi because she is a great talent who deserves more time to shine. Number four goes to NWA's Carrie Morton. The Bristol, Tennessee native has had a great 2023 because of his consistency inside the ring. This week, he was able to retain his NWA World Junior Heavyweight title against Alex Taylor and Mick Moretti. He is also a 3XW Tag Team Champion with his father, Ricky Morton, which is really cool as well, if you think about it. So young and crafty inside the ring. He has a really cool mix of being a high flyer as well as a solid submission game. Look for Morton to continue the game staying for the NWA for years to come. (laughs) Number three goes to WWE's Miz. He is one of those guys that you can rely on to be in any program, and he can put it over because of how truly consistent he is. This week, he had probably the best match in a very long time, like we talked about against Seth Rollins. He really held his own and put himself over in a big way. Miz does not have a set program right now in WWE, but whenever the company needs him to basically be a plug-and-play, I believe the Miz can do that as well as anyone in the wrestling industry. 
Number two goes to Impact's Deanna Perrazzo. She has been all over Impact's card lately uh, in many different programs, but last week was her time to shine, and which was well-deserved. Deanna faced Jordan Grace at Rebellion for the vacant knockouts title. If you have not seen this match, this was one of the best women's matches of the year and overall top matches of the year. My goodness, they tore the house down. Perrazzo recaptured the knockouts title, putting herself back at the top of the knockouts division. Cannot wait to see what she has in store. But number one goes to Impact's Steve Macklin. This is probably the first time ever that a husband and wife has been the top two on the list. Macklin's biggest match of his career was at Rebellion event where he defeated Kushida to capture the Impact World title that was recently relinquished by Josh, Josh Alexander due to injury. This match was insane, but no one talks about this ex-WWE guy who has really shined in their new promotion has been a bright spot for Impact the last year. Macklin is a new star they can build around, and having a new heel champion will be a nice change of pace. So Macklin takes the top spot this week. <clears throat> so what do you think, Dylan? Great list, as always. I love the fact that The Miz got a pretty surprising spot on your list. Um, I know he had a great match on Raw, like I said earlier. And also, like I said, he is one of the safest and cleanest workers I think WWE has. But I was not expecting him to be on your Power 5. So I love the fact that The Miz got some shine. Also, Steve Macklin is a dog. Dude is so good. Yeah, Christian and I have been putting him over for a while. So I'm mm-hmm. really glad that uh, they, they put the title on. What do you think, Christian, the list? And two Impact uh, wrestlers. Yeah, it doesn't happen often. No. And wife as well. Husband and wife. Yeah, yeah husband and wife. Yeah. You're not seeing Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins on there. <laughs> no, no, especially not after last week. Well, um, that could have been, but Becky, no. Yeah, no, see, no, I, w- no, I, no. I was going to put Seth on, but I think everyone expected Seth to be great. I think the match was more about the Miz holding his own in this one, but that was just 100%. Me. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. So this is going to be a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. it is now time for the gimmick tournament bracket. This was kind of a last second thing, but I really think everyone is going to enjoy this. I've been told that some of these gimmicks are really going to bring us back. And some of the memories that we're going to get back. Oh boy, I'm ready for it. So I'm very curious to see what made the cut. Thanks to everyone who participated in designing the bracket. There's going to be 32 entries total single elimination. Obviously, there are three of us. So if the first two, let's say Dylan and I vote the same thing, Christian can have a rebuttal. And so if everyone disagrees. And well, so basically how it's going to go, if you and I agree, then Christian will have like 15, 20 seconds to try to get one of us to change their minds. So... Uh, this will not be the last gimmick bracket that we do because of the sheer number of gimmicks over the years. So the winner will be mentioned again in something bigger down the road. A lot to discuss. So are you guys ready with the first matchup or anything right before we start? This is going to be fun. Let's do it. A lot of arguing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Here we go. So let me pull up the official bracket here and we are ready to start. Have With you seen the, it, Kyle? I have not. This is my first time. Ooh. So, with the first matchup, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, taking on the 2008 delusional philosopher Brian Kendrick gimmick with Ezekiel <laughs> Jackson as his bodyguard. So, Is this like the I, 1 versus 16? 
so this is like the one versus 32. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I do think, I. to be fair, I think this gimmick did work for Kendrick because he did need some muscle. Um, I thought his promos were really good in this gimmick. Now, obviously, he definitely had a, a very tough pull in The Fiend. But <laughs> yeah. I don't really think this, I mean, I was not expecting this to make the list at all. But I, I think it was a little bit better than people give it credit for, Don. Um, remember, uh, this version of Brian Kendrick was its unrecognized WWE champion for like yeah. two minutes. That's yeah. Championship scramble. Yeah. Yep. Um, can I just go ahead and pick? Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's, you, a, you, it's you, the fiend. Like, uh, it's just, no, right. no, no explanation Christian. needed. Am I picking or? Yeah. Yeah. Either or. Pick. Yeah. yeah. I gotta go, Fiend. Do you do you remember the gimmick though? I, I do, I do because the white jacket. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, that went hard. That jacket was dope. Him and Ezekiel Jackson would like in two thousand eight, two thousand nine SmackDown. They would go on to have like random tag team matches in the middle of a SmackDown show. Yep. Like, they would face like Festus and Jesse, which me and Kyle were actually talking about earlier. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly, but. He got a rough draw, man. Against the yeah, fiend. that's a rough draw. We're all going. The, yeah, so yeah. we're we're going the fiend there. All right, moving so, on. So the next one, Cowboy Brock Lesnar <laughs> taking on Chelsea Green's Laurel Van Ness TNA Broken Heart gimmick. So for those that don't know this gimmick, basically she was K or dating uh, the Blade. In TNA, they're going to get married. They had this whole, like, marriage thing going on, this whole wedding thing. Uh, basically, he said no. And after that happened, she went on this full, just emotional wreck. She wore the re- the wedding dress to the ring. She wrestled in it. She had that makeup dripping down her face. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, I'm going to start the voting. I'm going upset. I'm going Chelsea Green here. Um, I think Cowboy Brock Lesnar might be the most overrated character right now um i i don't know i think i think it's more about if, if you take the tractor spot out of it he doesn't really work in a different way now definitely he does have that baby face reaction that he's not used to getting but um i, I think the chelsea green one's a lot better but uh don't what do you think so i do remember this chelsea green and i thought it was very unique and very interesting that you know not only did she you know the smeared makeup and everything and the the wedding dress like you said i thought it was really interesting but kyle she never came to the ring in a fucking forklift did, did brock come in a wedding dress <laughs> he, dude, that, I, I, that would be dope. I'm not gonna lie. Um, Man, I'm, I'm, I'm oh gonna my God, go. Put a picture in my head. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Cowboy Brock here, um, because I know it's it's kind of like the cop. Like, I like the fact that he went with the upset. That's okay. I'm gonna go Cowboy Brock here because we saw a slightly more human side of Brock since he's come back to WWE in 2012. He's always had Paul Heyman. Which is which is great. That's fine. It works. I like the fact that we got to see a slightly different side of Brock Lesnar. He was cutting his own promos. He was loose on the mic, saying what he wanted. And I, did I mention the forklift? I that's just fucking great. I'm going Cowboy Brock. If you take that out, he's not really. He's still good. entertaining on. on the mic. He's he's a much better talker. Oh yeah. 
But I, I, I don't see it being like a true character. But go on, uh, Chris, right, you're the tiebreaker. See, I kind of agree with Kyle because oh, you fucking dick. He had no, that. Let talk. He, he had that character spot, and what has he done since? I mean, really, it's not. It's besides the tractor spot. It's the same Brock Lesnar from 2012. Yeah. What are you talking about? He got he got MVP to drink White Lightning. Remember that? <laughs> he spit it out in his face. Oh, you are talking about the the thing he gave MVP? Yeah, he was on the VIP lounge. <laughs> yeah, he was. He told I must us, have missed that because I was so mad about that. Yeah, you were mad that the match was even happening. He told a he told MVP like here, drink some real stuff, bud. Yeah, he said he he said I don't do champagne, and he gave him like a flask. Yeah. Oh God. He, and he went to drink, and MVP's face was like, Ugh. Yeah, "Look at that." I'm just saying, Chelsea Green didn't do that. Well, Brock Lesnar never wore a wedding dress. True. So, Chelsea Green never drove a tractor. Chelsea, hey, not to your knowledge. Chelsea Green. Uh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right. Not Christian. a free <laughs> country. You're the uh, you're, you're the, the tiebreaker tie here. I'm going Chelsea Green. I think that's the right. Oh, that's a big upset. That is a huge upset. I thought Cowboy Brock was going to the Elite Eight. Well, your bracket. Right. Yeah, my bracket. Well, All right. my real bracket was busted too. Dang. All right. So going to the next matchup. Undashing Cody Rhodes taking on Willow Jeff Hardy. Ooh. Very interesting matchup here, guys. Uh, this Christian, is hard. We're start with you. This is hard. This is a tough one. Uh, Christian, go ahead whenever you're ready. Oh, that undashing stuff was great. He unveiled the new Intercontinental title. Uh, I'm going to go undashing Cody Rhodes. Dashing Cody Rhodes. All right, Dylan. I'll be the tiebreaker here. God, this is this is actually hard this because I one. love I love both of them. Yeah, love both of them. I love the undashing stuff uh, where he's talking all slow. Cody's a great promo, by the way. Um, yes, that Jeff. I mean that that just. Oh man, here's the thing. I, I've I've seen better gimmicks from both guys. So this yeah. isn't even like the best work they've ever done, and that's saying something. And uh, then, because this is both great. <sighs> Often wondered if Willow would work on a bigger stage than Impact, but I am going to go undashing Cody Rhodes here. I'm all. I'm also going to go undashing Cody Rhodes. I just think that had. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. So I, much I, potential. Did, did Willow go like two off the walls? And dashing was kind of a more organized gimmick. Um, I just think it. It felt more important to me. So uh, I'm going to go Undashing Cody Rhodes as well. So uh, Undashing Cody Rhodes is going to the next round. You guys right. ready for the next matchup? Yep. yep. All right. Next matchup. Mankind, 1996 to 2000 darker side gimmick okay. versus Authority Triple H. Mm. So very interesting mm. matchup here. Uh, Dylan, we'll let you start. Mm. So, was it, was this mankind winning the the what the WWF title? Well, I mean, when mankind did win the WWF title, he was more of a babyface. Oh. This sounds like we're talking more about like the original iteration of mankind, which was very gotcha. dark, rocking in the boiler room, pulling his own hair out, kind of thing. Gotcha. 
um, which was very dark, very creepy, very, very good. Yes. Um, but I think that character evolved so much later on that I think gets more prominently remembered. Seeing Triple H as a heel in the more modern era was was kind of refreshing because even yeah. though he was a great heel back in the day, he kind of worked that like very big babyface role from like 2007 onwards. It felt like when he came back from the the last quad injury, I believe. Um, because to my knowledge, remember when we were kids, Triple H was always a good guy. Yeah. Um. So to see him work as a heel, which I only saw clips of from like the Attitude Era and and you know, you know, pre ruthless aggression and evolution and stuff, that was really refreshing. So I'm gonna go Authority Triple H. Those promos were always great. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm also gonna go to Authority Triple H. You're voting for Triple H. That's why. Yeah, I know it, it. It is a little bit of a stretch. I get it. Yeah, I know. I don't usually go to Triple H's side. Yeah, no. Um, You're a very uh, different man, guy. Yeah, that is very true. I. I don't know. I just. It was a different side of Triple H that we haven't seen. Um, in this time, like Dylan said, I really liked his promos. It was just something new. So I really mm-hmm. liked Authority Triple H. I'm going there. Is that where you're going, Christian, or you got something yeah, else? I would also go Authority Triple H. I mean, the promos. We reviewed that Survivor Series in 2014. Great match. Great. And they had the <laughs> that show. Yeah. And he loves Seth Rollins, so I got to give that vote, too. Yep, it's true. So, uh, Authority Triple H is moving on. So, the next matchup. Hall of Pain, Mark Henry. Ooh. Matching up against the Beautiful People's Mean Girls gimmick, 2007 through 2011. For people that don't know, the Beautiful People were basically based off the Mean Girls. Mm -hmm. So when they're really in their prime, uh, that's where the gimmick really took off and what we're talking about here. Uh, I will start here. Um, I thought the whole of Pain Mark Henry gimmick was awesome. That first promo that he hit wow when he was kind of fake retiring cena loved it i thought he should have won the match obviously seen at the time not many people were going to beat him but um i really like the promos there but he can't be the beautiful dude the beautiful people were it was it fit the time so well every all those women got time to shine it was just <laughs> something like it was something refreshing i thought they all played that role incredibly well um i'm going beautiful people and uh, Christian, we'll let you go next. That Mark Henry gimmick, that was the gimmick where he wore the Ben on Destruction shirt, right? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Mark Henry gimmick. Do you, have you guys ever heard the story? Started? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, something about he was left in the ring without an opponent. Well, he, okay. Vince so was fucking with him. It was a SmackDown, and he was told he was going to be wrestling Sin Cara that night. Mm-hmm. And he, the ring first and cars music played it just kept on playing over and over and over again and eventually mark realized he was being messed with so he went backstage and like broke a bunch of stuff and he hit vince's door down and vince was like you know we 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 should see this side of you more and they turned it into this whole gimmick of him just being an unbeatable giant strong human being that just can't be defeated. But yeah. the only thing is, it didn't really last that long. No, mm-hmm. it didn't. But what we got was really good. And some of the promos he did were really good. Listen, mm-hmm. I... People, that was prime TNA. <laughs> but uh, I'm going Mark Henry. All right, Dylan, you're the cider. 
I really did enjoy the Hall of Pain, Mark Henry. Um, it was cool to see him in the main event scene. But remember when the beautiful people really took off in TNA? Like you said, that was that was TNA at like hitting you know full throttle. Oh yes, that was at a time of women's wrestling where they weren't really featured very prominently. Like they were yeah. just they were just sex objects, and not only like were they you know they were what the team name was. They were they were beautiful women, but they could also go in the ring and they yeah. were treated like true stars. All of them could. Um, which is something that TNA always did better than WWE during that era was they treated their women's wrestlers like wrestlers, even though they were very attractive human beings. They were wrestlers. Um, yep. So I am going to give a slight nod to the beautiful people. Yeah. I think that is a good call there. So the beautiful. Both great though. Yeah. Yep. Yep, so the uh, beautiful people will be moving on there. Next matchup, Yes Movement, Daniel Bryan taking on early main roster Little Miss Bliss. So, Dylan, you get the the first one here. I'll go second, then Christian will be the uh, decider. Daniel Bryan. And why? He got so organically over. But what was the character? He was he was the underdog. What do you mean? Like everyone loves a good underdog story. It's the same reason why Kofi Mania blew up. Um, everyone wanted to see the underdog succeed. Um, and seeing Daniel Bryan on the same roster as as you know John Cena or, or you know feuding, even though not in matches really until that WrestleMania, but feuding with Triple H and you know he's how do you you can make a sports entertainer from the ground up and it looks like Randy Orton. Like that—that's who he was going against, and he was the most over guy in the company, despite the fact that the company didn't want him to be there. And a lot of people can argue, well, he only got the main event spot and only wrestled Triple H at that Mania because CM Punk walked out of the company. It's like Dana Bryan still got his shine, and he absolutely deserved to be in that position. So I'm going Daniel Bryan. So I, I'm not disagreeing with you. You know, I—I I, I was just trying to think about the gimmick. It was more about him being the underdog and getting over. I'm totally get what you're saying. Um, I'm going upset here. I'm going Little Miss Bliss. Um, I really like what she brought to the table from her, I guess, the last part of her NXT to the main roster. She was something different, right? She was that really aggressive heel. Remember, she was the shortest woman in the whole company, so she had to stick out in some way. I thought she did. Uh, her heel mannerisms were something different. She really added this more aggressive side. Like I said, you could see it in her um, attire a lot of times. Um, just the way she put up her hair, dude. I just, I really liked that about her, and it was different. She wrestled a little bit differently too. Um, I know I'm not going to win this one, but I'm going a little misplaced in the upset. Yeah, Kyle, you're not winning this one. <laughs> I'm going with Daniel Bryan as well. It was such an over character. The crowd goes nuts for him every time he came out. He goes in the main event of WrestleMania, beats two of the biggest names ever in pro wrestling, really. And it's like Stone said, it got over organically, mm-hmm. which gives a bonus for me. So I'm going Daniel Bryan. The fans, the fans wanted a change. And yeah. it was the same reason why like Punk got so big in 2011 and 2012. They just wanted someone different. So it was cool to see uh, Daniel Bryan get a shine. Yeah. Hey, he faced three big names at that main. Remember, he kicked off many of Triple H. Yeah, Triple H. And then main evented against uh, Orton and Batista. That's a great story. And Blue Tista, yep. Blue Tista, yep. 
Yeah. Yep. So uh, we're going to move on to the next matchup. Wow. Power couple Jeff Jarrett from TNA with Karen Jarrett oh. taking on Abyss Joseph Park split personality gimmick. Oh. So, uh, I, Dylan, why don't you kick us off? Dude, I absolutely loved when Abyss turned into a fucking lawyer. <laughs> Dude, it made me pop so much. And he's like, because it was, it was like in kayfabe, they were brothers, right? Yeah. Um, he put in like fake teeth and everything because you know Abyss is missing like half his fucking gums. Um, he put in fake teeth and everything, dude. This was a million bucks. This is, I totally forgot this was a thing and I absolutely <laughs> loved it. I'm going Joseph Park, that's great. All right, Christian, go ahead. Damn. I already forgot what it was going against. I don't even care. Uh, power couple Jeff Jarrett. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm With Karen Jarrett. Standing by. I got to best character, too. Yeah, it is great. Yeah, I, I'm also going to best character. Clean sweep, baby. Yeah. Joseph Park might win this tournament. <laughs> well, he's got, uh, he's got a tough matchup that he'll be competing against. Okay. So the next matchup, Broken Matt Hardy. Oh. Taking on Indie God Matt Kurt. Oh. Really interesting stuff. Uh, Christian, why don't you uh, kick us off? Oh, man. Mm. (laughs) Damn, this is a coin flip. This is like the 8-9 match if you get March Madness. Uh, Indie God, Matt Cardona gimmick. Mm. That's the one where he collected all the belts, right? He's still doing it, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. still doing it, yeah. Still doing it. Broken Matt, I'll be honest, I wasn't as big of a fan as Broken Matt, of Broken Matt Hardy as you guys might have been. And the Matt Cardona stuff, I mean, I don't watch what he does in the indies. I see highlights of it. But you see him post on social media with all these belts and stuff. He's got like eight belts around his waist or whatever. That's insane. That's pretty cool. I'm going to go with Matt Cardona. So you're going Cardona. Um, don't, I'll go second here. All right. Um, this is a tough one because this is a different side of Matt Cardona that we haven't seen post-WWE, and he's absolutely shined uh, a different side of Matt Hardy. Um, there's just so many layers to that Matt Hardy character. Remember, you know, he it was a week-to-week thing. You could see it in his hair. You could see it in his mannerisms. And then he went fully broken character. You know, had the thing with Jeff Hardy. And then, you know, he turned face and went after Decay. Uh, there's just so much layers to that gimmick um i'm gonna go broken matt so that's uh it's one-to-one doing your tiebreaker yeah talk about two guys revitalizing their careers yeah with with the respective gimmick you know uh cardona gets cut from wwe he's the afterthought zach Ryder. now he's the biggest name on the indies arguably and then matt hardy what people don't remember is before the broken stuff he was big money matt which was great in its own right but this just took him to a whole new stratosphere i think um that he hasn't seen in quite some time um especially not now it it hasn't worked in other companies when they've tried it Mm -hmm. for whatever reason it only worked with impact i'm gonna go broken matt in a very very close one because i love cardona you guys both know how much i love cardona now 
But Broken Matt, I mean, dude, he was talking to a fucking giraffe saying it was the ghost of George Washington. <laughs> this dude, this dude was wild. And then we got Brother Nero out of it. He I fucking mean, played the, the, the piano. The, 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 what did he say? The, he said something about a boat, right? The, the, oh, I can't, what, what did he say about the boat what do you, doing what do you, in the... Uh, what, do you, what do you call the lake? The lake of... Uh, oh, uh, uh, um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Um... Is it? Did he call it the dilapidated boat or something like that? Yeah, dilapidated, dilapidated <laughs> boat. Oh. And then there was there was the lake where remember he dumped Jeff Hardy into it. Yeah, he came out as like heel Jeff Hardy, like the Antichrist with the purple suit. And then he's like, "Nope, you need to be in there longer." And dunked him again because it wasn't the right Jeff Hardy. That was great. <laughs> the man with was three it? H's. He had a golden shovel. It wasn't oh. the hurricane in that. <laughs> Yeah. Hurricanes or, yeah. Remember uh, when they, they he, he buried a bunch of people, <laughs> called himself the man with three H's. <laughs> broken Matt. Broken Matt wins. Yeah, so you know, Broken Matt is going to the next round. So we're going to the other side of the uh of the bracket here. Starting with Oh man, I, I forgot the dates here. Uh Christian, this was one of yours. So um yeah. this is the Phenom Undertaker. So what specific dates here? Uh um oh man, we, we talked Was it six to oh eight? Was it thought... was it oh five to oh eight? Don't I, I know you oh, might know, but Yeah, I mean he came back as the dead man at WrestleMania twenty, which was two thousand four, which I guess you could it kind of started the whole phenom thing. So it'd be oh four to oh eight. Somewhere in somewhere, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the yeah, Phenom yeah, yeah. Undertaker. This taking is what, on five star match after five star match. Undertaker. Taking on though, early Wyatt family swamp Bray Wyatt. So, uh, what do you guys think starting with Christian? God, talk about a fitting matchup. Yeah, two very, two very very dark characters. Stuff with Bray Wyatt. He comes in the middle of the ring, sits in a rocking chair. <sighs> Great. He he's got he's he always had that one Hawaiian shirt on with a bucket hat. Yep. Most people that would sound goofy, but for him that worked just because way his character was. And he would have a um, a Harper and a um, Rowan, Rowan, the the other guy, whatever. Yeah, Rowan. Yeah, Rowan. Right, right, right. Just sit in the ring, and they would cut these just cunning promos and stuff and oh it was great it was it was a great wrestling character but the phenom man i don't know i don't know if there's anyone this tournament topping the phenom i'll be honest with you the phenom this was about the era i started getting into wrestling and it, it was honestly the first gimmick i could ever remember seeing he comes out to that dark ominous music and that coat that hat the slow walk to the ring. The commentator's always putting over how he's scary and he's got like these powers nobody can match. And then he had the WrestleMania streak going on during it. I'm gonna go with the Phenom. So I can I'll go second here. Yeah, the, I mean the Phenom Undertaker. I mean, dude, as a wrestler, man, yeah, I mean he was, was at the top of his game. Um, want to talk about the early Bray Wyatt stuff though? I mean, he had a lot of interesting matches, do really good matches. Um, in that specific gimmick, um, like you said, he came out in the rocking chair. He he talked a really like creepy way, but the messages that he would get out, it was just it fit his character so well. The different promo and the different like atmospheres that he would you know have and talk around, 
Dude, it was I, I loved it. Um it talk super slow and I'm gonna go upset. I'm gonna go early Wyatt. I'm gonna go Bray Wyatt here. So Dylan, you are the um you are the uh the third belt. You're killing me. You're killing me. <clears throat> All right. Damn, what a- I Everything, for the most part, everything Bray Wyatt has done has been great. Here's my issue with the Eater of Worlds swamp Bray Wyatt. The programs were always great. The promos were always top-notch. But he never fucking won the big... Yeah. The, the, the blow-off. That's booking. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that, I mean is, that's, yeah. That's, that is poor booking, yes. And that is something that's kind of out of his control. But the Undertaker was so protected, and you know, if we're if we're thinking of the era that we're all thinking of, this is when like the streak became yeah. even more prominent. Like it used to just be like a tidbit of like, oh wait, the Undertaker's won ten straight manias. Oh, now he's up at eleven, twelve. Now we're at the point of like, he's it's like you know, yeah. Now it's like he's fifteen and zero. He's sixteen and zero. Now people are like, fuck, winning a world title at WrestleMania. I want to break the streak. Yep. And yep. I think that speaks volumes to the Undertaker, so I'm going to go Undertaker here. All right, so Taker moves on. Incredible. Didn't think I had much of a chance than that one either, but hey, we're going to closer closer than you think because that Eater of Worlds Bray Wyatt was also great. So we're going to move on. So the current Drip God Seth freaking Rollins character <laughs> taking on the phenomenal AJ Styles TNA version. <laughs> oh. oh. So, uh, Christian, I guess we'll start with you. Seth Rollins. Yeah, it doesn't shock me. (laughs) (laughs) I listen. Okay, I'll talk a little bit. I love the AJ Styles TNA gimmick. I mean, he put the company on that on the map almost by himself. He he started that company. He he was a workhorse for that company. But what Seth Rollins has done this has been this gimmick's been going on for a good year and a half now, and. It seems like ever since he started this gimmick, he's just elevated his game to a whole new level, whether it's promos, in-ring work, character work, whatever. You name it, Seth Rollins can do it. I love the AJ Styles and TNA, but one, I'm not voting against them, so there's that. All right. Don't. Just... Yeah, it doesn't shock me at all that he wins Seth Rollins. Old school TNA, AJ Styles was great. Um, he was what the nickname was, I guess. He was phenomenal. Maybe you can – Kyle may not like the statement I'm about to make, and I don't want it to be taken out of, like, like negative. AJ Styles at that time was very, very good in the ring, great in the ring. To me, that's all there was, if I'm being honest, for me. Seth Rollins not only is great in the ring, but the crowd is singing his fucking song on his way out. And it's not just like words, like, you know, Cody's has lyrics and they all do the whoa whenever that happens. Like, they're doing the whole, like, the whole melody of it. They're like, oh, you know, I think that screams great gimmick, right? If the crowd is that into it and you look like a million bucks doing it, got to go drip God Seth Rollins. I mean, I I mean, I'm going AJ, but I I mean, I don't have much. I mean, no one's going to be, you know, going on to my side. I think it's the sec. I think the Seth Rollins is the second most overrated gimmick on here so far. 
Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. He comes Whoa. out in these goofy Whoa. clothes. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they sing a song great. They sing Jericho's song, and they do it a lot in wrestling. Um, you know, his, his, he's always been a good talker. He, he doesn't really wrestle a different style. Um, you know, you can, you can credit his Cody stuff, but he's also going in the ring with Cody. Um, I'm not a big fan of this character. At all, really. I'm to be that completely laugh, honest with you. That laugh gets me, man. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm no. gonna go. AJ. Obviously, I'm not winning that one. But me, he is a tough second round matchup against the Phenom Undertaker. But uh, let me Seth, try to persuade you really quick. But Seth is moving on. Let me try to persuade you on this really quick, Kyle. Name a bad doesn't matter. You won, Christian. You won. Well, I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But listen, name a bad Seth Rollins match with this gimmick. I'm not saying he's got bad matches. Name a bad segment he's with this gimmick. Bad segment? I, I mean, the Raw, the Raw After Mania segment was pretty bad. That wasn't his fault. I, yeah, but I mean, that can go. I mean, it wasn't Bray's fault and stuff. He stole. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of stuff out of his control. I completely understand. But he, I mean, he comes out. It, it's very, it's a very WWE gimmick. Like, this, I don't think would work in AEW. To me, I don't think it would work. Well, John um, Cena wouldn't work in AEW, and he's considered the GOAT. I, I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. Um, I, I don't. I personally don't care for the gimmick, but uh, we're going to move on to the next one. Whew, the, what Talk about a matchup here. Eric Young's TNA TV champion slapping himself comedy gimmick. <laughs> Taking on Decay's Rosemary. So this is the very first Rosemary that appeared. Um, obviously, I put Decay's Rosemary on here. Um, this is a top ever in, in all of wrestling. This is a top gimmick. Uh, Rosemary, she had so many different styles. Or you remember, they, they, they filmed her at like, this weird, like, back-of-the-woods house. She was on a tire swing. She went into a backstory about a brother and her family and why she got to this demonic character. She would scream decay. She had these really weird and, like, scary mannerisms about her. Just something that we really haven't seen. Dude, that, that decay, Rosemary. I love Eric Young. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. But that is a tough pull for Eric Young. Uh, Dylan, I am going Decay's Rosemary. So I love Decay's Rosemary. You have definitely made me like it more over the years. I just want to put Christian in a bad spot, and I also want to be different. Um, I still do the Eric Young thing myself. It was I still not trying to lock up with though. people on a regular. Let me finish. I still try and do the Eric Young thing on a regular basis. I'm trying to lock up with everyone every day. So I'm going Eric Young. So, okay, okay. So what what was better about Eric's than Decay's? Rosemary? Eric Young once tried to wrestle a dude in a convenience store. That was D'Lo Brown. <laughs> it was D'Lo Brown, wasn't it? So what, so what kind of different styles did he bring uh, in his promos. Dude, he was trying to wrestle the ref all the time. No, Every in the promos. He was trying to lock up with the ref. In the promos. And then once, Eric Young was the ref. You, di- you didn't answer my question. <laughs> in the promos. 
Um, I'm going Eric Young. Christian, it's your turn. <laughs> uh, listen, that Eric Young stuff was funny, but this this DK may be the – I don't know if I want to say the best ever. I don't know. I, I I'll dude, go ahead and take I, my dude, I, I, I'm, I'd we'll, have, we'll save it to the end. We'll save I, it to the end. I'd have to see the rest of the bracket, but this Rosemary stuff was just incredible. Thank God. <laughs> oh, my dude. I was getting a little nervous. No, <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, dude, this. I did make a compelling argument. No, you did not. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to go to the next one. Uh <laughs> Oh my gosh, very interesting. Um, so we're gonna go big money, Matt Hardy taking on anti diva page. So, Dylan, what do you got in that matchup? The anti diva was great because that was during the diva era, and it was cool to see Mm -hmm. something different, the more gothic look, not so much pretty blonde, you know, big makeup, pro wrestler look. Yeah, yeah, more 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 pro wrestling, less sports entertainment. So I love that. Big money, Matt. Oh, big money, Matt came out in the big suits. <laughs> um, came out in the, came out in the big suits. He was talking about how rich he is, and you know, I was a legend and this and that. And you know, he had the big then on his Titan Tron. It was like him on a dollar bill or something. <laughs> Pretty sure that was a shirt at that point. And he had the HFO and you know AEW. Yeah, you know, dude. It, like he, yeah, he carried it on. Like, yeah. This is this is close because I I absolutely love that version of Paige. I'm going big money, Matt. Though I'm going big okay. money, Matt. It was so cool. Um, and this, like like I alluded to earlier, led into an even better gimmick. So Matt Matt Hardy was on top of his game around this time. All right. Christian, what do you got? So, listen, I like the Big Money Matt gimmick. I think it was very entertaining, but can we just say it how it is? It, it was a knockoff JBL gimmick. Shut up. I mean, that that's what it, that's what it was, though. Because You're remember, a knockoff early, JBL. In early 09, JBL was coming out and saying how he's got all this money and that that was the time he had Shawn Michaels. J- as hey, remember the time that JBL ran across the Texas-Mexico uh, <laughs> border trying to find all the illegals? What he feuded with Eddie Guerrero? Can you imagine if they pulled that up now? Don't what do you think? Oh God! No, dude, that would not fly right now. <laughs> Matt Hardy wasn't trying to do anything like that. He was just rich. Well, <laughs> Dylan, you're picking Susan here. Well, listen, they were both they were both rich characters, but I think that's kind of where they got the inspiration from. So it's not like it's something we haven't seen before. Oh, this page gimmick is something we didn't see before because before all this, what were the divas in uh, wrestling, Kyle? I mean, not particularly. I, you had some, you had some good ones, but they weren't pushed. Remember, they still had AJ at that time, I believe. So she was kind of carrying it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I love the entire. So are you going page? Is what I'm getting out of this. Yeah, I'm going Paige because I feel like this was the she was kind of the start of true women's wrestling. I mean, without her in WWE, way three, you know, I know that's kind of a stretch to say, but when she was doing this gimmick, women's wrestling got put on the map. I don't think I know this is years down the road, so maybe you guys can pick them aside. Do Sasha Banks and uh, um uh, uh who she uh Bianca Belair main event of WrestleMania without this? 
But no. here, so here, here's the thing though. It wasn't just Paige that really put it over. Remember, you had Summer Rae and you had Emma that really worked their ass off in there. That really helped this put it over. Because remember, when this gimmick got going in NXT, there wasn't a whole lot of competition for her. Just because they you know they're starting the NXT brand, they're getting some new names. Um, so the anti-diva was absolutely great. The only problem is you still had AJ there. I'm not the biggest AJ fan, but... You know, I, I did like this darker side ish. Um, I wish they went. I wish they went a little darker with it. Honestly, um, I wish they did some more of the NXT stuff. But I guess we're talking about more of the WWE main roster with this. Um, the big money Matt stuff, dude. He was. This was a different. I, again, this was a different side of Matt Hardy. Um, I'm going Matt Hardy, and the only reason I'm going Matt Hardy is because I think it elevated others too and i'm not saying Paige did not she absolutely elevated others but the thing about matt hardy dude he helped private party uh he he did stuff with andrade he did stuff with that gimmick um dude his, his promos are so funny like i i don't know like i love the big money matt stuff i do um and i love Paige, but I'm, I'm going big money matt so big money matt moves on uh, in this one, but uh, we have four first round matchups left. That was a good matchup. Um, next one best in the world at what he does, Chris Jericho in 2008, taking on Sammy Callahan's Ohio versus everyone cult leader gimmick. So you had the Chris brothers with him, um, they aligned as OVE taking on the best in the world, what he does around that time, world champion Chris Jericho. Uh, Christian, we'll start with you. Where are you going on this one? No, I'm having a hard time remembering much about that Sammy Callahan gimmick. How recent ago was that? Oh, man. Um, was that That's 2017? Was that 17, 18? And remember, they, they made an immediate impact. I mean, dude, they went. Dude, they they caused so much ruckus on the whole on the whole roster. It really elevated Callahan into like the that darker side. This was more of like a almost like a midwestern kind of like I, I, I it's really hard to explain what this was, but it really worked because it, it helped to elevate the Chris brothers. Um, it helped elevate Callahan into a a main eventer. And the thing I loved about it is it helped. Or Callahan really cared about these guys. It, it wasn't like this big blow off, whatever. It was kind of Chris taking himself, Jake Chris taking himself away, winning a title. But um, I really like the gimmick. I'm not voting yet, but um, that that's kind of where I get from it. This was not one of mine. I just wanted to uh, tell everyone what it was. But go back to you, Christian. All right. So the Chris Jericho gimmick, I remember – because he would always come out in a suit and tie every. Mm-hmm. Well, would he been on SmackDown or Raw this time? Probably SmackDown. Raw. Was it Raw? I thought. It was... yeah. uh, well, I, I mean, thought... the the gimmick ran for quite a while, and I think he bounced from show to show. I think I remember it more on SmackDown. I think I remember it more in SmackDown. But go on. He would always come out in a suit and tie just every week. World That's title around his waist. Spiked up hair. <laughs> Looking like Bon Jovi, and he would he would say these words that these like big words, and oh my god, it was so funny because then his opponent or whoever he was doing at the time would come out and be like, 
you don't have to use these big words, Chris. I know what you're saying. <laughs> but <always laughs> funny. But yeah, I remember he called the crowd up sycophants. Yep. <laughs> and remember when Santino tried to impersonate him? He called everyone hyprocrites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really hope Santino's on this. But um, I'm going to go the Callahan gimmick simply because it elevated him more and it kind of helped him be where he is now. Because I kind of agree with Kyle. He might not have been where he is today without it because this turned him into a world champion player. Chris yep. Jericho was already there. He's yeah. He was there his entire WWE run. He was always a world title player. But Callahan wasn't before this gimmick. Give me Callahan. All right. Dylan, go ahead. I get what you're saying about Callahan, and I love the gimmick, but I'm going Chris Jericho here because it really showed Jericho's range. He went from, you know, the 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 cruiserweight to the to the rock and roll guy. Now he's this guy who talks really slow and wears the nice clothes. Uh, never wore his own merch, by the way, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and now Jericho's just kind of this big personality. But I, Jericho can wear so many hats, and it works for him. And I, this was actually, dare I say, probably my favorite Chris Jericho. And that's really? saying a lot because there's a lot of versions of Chris hmm. Jericho. This might be my favorite one where he talks super slow, uses right. big words. I love this Chris Jericho, so I'm going the 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 best in the world at what he does. What a what a difference of gimmicks here. Um, I yeah. I, I love the Chris Jericho stuff. I love his promos. I love the matches. I love the way he wrestled a little bit slower, methodical. Uh, yeah, Callahan on TNA in a time where they were kind of struggling with that switch over the impact. They really needed another big star, and he he elevated two others that also needed. Uh, another big push and that he really helped them into the tag division for a while. Ultimately led to, like I said, another title for Jake. Um, this is, this is tough, but uh, I, I'm going to have to go with Callahan here. I, I, I think that to me is the overall better gimmick. And I think overall down the line, it helped more people. So uh, I'm going to go Callahan upset Callahan. The so, way uh, it elevated him, I think, is what wins it for the, for him here. So Callahan in the upset. Uh, moving on. La Familia Edge, specifically with Vicky Guerrero, taking <laughs> on EC3 Dixie Carter's spoiled nephew gimmick, 2015 to 2016. I believe this was right after he got released by WWE. He went to TNA and blew up because of mm-hmm. this gimmick. Really put TNA again on the map. Um, don't we're gonna let you start here. This one, two wrestlers, two gimmicks that I really, really enjoyed. I'm gonna give the edge to EC3, uh, EC3 though. Here's why this was just a different version of the rated R superstar, and honestly, he did it better with Lita. I didn't really care for Vicky Guerrero in this role, she kind of got on my nerves as much as I loved Edge. Vicky Guerrero is kind of what killed it for me a little bit. I'm going EC3 here, even though I'm, I wasn't crazy about Dixie Carter either. Um, but this really did put him on the map. Remember what his WWE name was? Yeah, no one fucking remembers what it was because he's known as EC3 now. He put himself on the map. Good for him. I'm going EC3. Yeah, I'll it go was second Derek here. Bateman, by the way. Yeah, Derek Bateman. Yep. I almost said Johnny Curtis, but I believe that's Fandango. No, that was uh, Fandango. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to make this quick. I'm also going EC3. Uh, I'm, 
Uh, unfortunately for Edge, I absolutely loved his EC3 gimmick. All the shortcuts, all the easy goings that he was able to do. I remember them filming a lot of stuff from like a house, I, I think. I don't know if it was actually Dixie's house. I think it was at one point. I just loved like the different styles that it brought. It really needed, TNA really needed an edge, another big new young face. And that's exactly what he brought. I think this is easier than people think. Uh, I'm going EC3. Yeah, I I don't have a rebuttal against the, either of you two. It's it's EC three. This gimmick put him put him on the map specifically, and now you know he's on the Indies doing his thing. But then, yeah, this was his gimmick, and I mean WWE lost a great one in EC three, if you ask me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I didn't use him. Yep. No, it didn't. no you can let him uh, talk. He was a great talker. You can. Oh, uh, that made him you, mute. Yeah, you can you can thank Vince for that one. Um, so EC EC three moves on there. Moving on. Second to last first round matchup, the Antichrist of pro wrestling, Jeff Hardy versus the Aces and Eights leader, Bully Ray. Very Ooh. interesting uh, stuff here. Christian, we're going to let you start. Wow. Two TNAs. All right. So, man, I always loved the Aces and Eights. This was when I could stand Bully Ray. and Oh, Bully was excellent. Oh, he as was, much as you want to hate him, dude, he was excellent here. He was phenomenal at this. His promos were just incredible. He had great matches. And that group overall, in general, in the Aces and Aces, just, yep. that just reminds me of a better time. And uh, that'd be TNA. That wouldn't be Impact. It'd be TNA. Yeah, TNA. Antichrist Jeff Hardy, though. Ooh, that's one of my favorites of Jeff Hardy, if I'm being honest. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but no, I'm going bully right here. So I'll go second. Um, you know, the Antichrist pro wrestling, Jeff Hardy was definitely that. That was the full on heel character, right, Dylan? Like, yep. The right after the Bound for Glory match, this is where it started. Correct. Um, yep. He did, dude. His promos, actually, some of the better promos that he's ever done. I think um, it's just a lot more freedom in what he was saying and what he was trying to get over. Um, Bully Ray at this time, he was also doing some different uh, promos. He was taking the easy way out again. Uh, he had a whole basically group around him that he was trying to lead into this next phase of TNA. Um, dude, I, he was dominant. That was I, I, ha- I have to go Bully Ray. I have to go Bully Ray. Dylan, I, so it's 2 nothing. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go Bully Ray as well. Um, I absolutely love this Jeff Hardy gimmick. It was actually one of my votes to put in the bracket. Um, The thing about the heel Jeff Hardy thing is people often remember that gimmick for what ended the gimmick, and that was the Victory Road incident Yeah, uh, with Sting, which is unfortunate. Um, But no, this kind of like kind of like what we said about Broken Matt and and. um, and some of the other gimmicks is this very much revitalized Bully Ray. I'm not a Bully Ray guy now, but, but then I was a big Bully Ray fan. So I'm gonna go Bully Ray. All right. So we are to the last match of the first round. Let's get right into it. Starting off with the two twelve heel turn CM Punk with Paul Heyman at his side, taking on the legend killer, Randy Orton. Oh my God. So um, Christian, we're going to start with you. I know this is going to be a tougher decision for you two, 
the legend killer is the reason why Randy Orton's my favorite wrestler ever. It's simple as that. Listen, the CM Punk 2012 stuff, Paul Heyman, fantastic. He blew it out of the water. But the the, the legend killer gimmick is why I became a wrestling fan. I'm just going to be honest with you. Okay. He was my favorite superstar of all time. He still is. And this gimmick was why. All right. Don't go right ahead with your vote. Yeah, I feel like on paper this is more difficult, but to me it's actually pretty easy. I'm going Legend Killer Randy Orton as well. I love Punk and Heyman together, but to be honest, they were only paired together so they could feud later down the road, to be be brutally honest. Punk didn't really need Heyman because he could cut a great promo by himself, and that's really what Paul Heyman does is just cut promos. This put Randy Orton on the map, his match with uh, Mick Foley, um, at Backlash, I think 2004 was during the Legend Killer stuff. So I, I holds a special place. So I'm going Randy yeah. Orton. And I'm going to keep burning the Undertaker in a casket. Yep. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I'm going Legend Killer. RKO'd um, Hulk Hogan on the trunk of a car. Yeah. I'm gonna, real quick. What a tough pull for CM Punk because this was not a bad gimmick. This no. was a really good gimmick. Oh, no, this was. This was what. You know, top of the line punk. This was what, event punk. What a tough pull for no. CM Punk. My did not goodness. think that'd be a clean sweep. Um, but we're gonna move on to the second round first matchup. The fiend Bray Wyatt taking on Chelsea Green Laurel Van Ness broken heart gimmick. Um a lot of layers to both of these. Remember that the fiend he would come out kinda I wish he wrestled a completely different style and we didn't see that. I did like the stuff with, you know, him coming under the ring and that whole burnt phase. That was really cool. Um, I'm going upset here. There was just something about that Laurel Van Ness gimmick that I just really liked. Like, she, dude, she took it to heart. She did her makeup kind of in different ways, but it would still be like that droopy way. Um, so, basically, what she would do is she would add something else every week. Dude, it had layers. It was personal that elevated alley it elevated uh the blade it, with maria there too i'm go i'm going chelsea green i'm going chelsea green and that might be the shocker of the bracket so far but um christian go ahead i'm actually gonna be with you on this kyle whoa i i love wow. the fiend but it kind of felt like you guys should say what you want about this take. Kind of felt like we got the same thing every week from the team. I agree. There was something different every week with this Chelsea Green character, and it just made her stand out more than it did the Fiend. Because the Fiend, you knew what you were going to get. And yeah. it wasn't bad. It was always great. But with Chelsea Green, you're turning on impact. Okay, what is she going to do this week? What is she going to do that week? Just the thought of the suspense with her wins it for me. Wow. All right, Dylan. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, my vote is The Fiend. I know I'm not going to win this. The Fiend is the, some of the best original stuff WWE has ever done in the modern era. Yeah. Um, and you can credit that a lot to Bray Wyatt. I know he's just, he's just great at what he does, but it is some of the best stuff WWE has ever done, yeah. dare I say. Um, they really know how to shit the bed sometimes, how they had a <laughs> fucking job out the old bird at one point. But The Fiend was always great to me. I know I'm not going to sway you guys, but that's my vote. Wow. So a huge upset in the second round. Laurel Van Ness is now going to the Elite Eight. 
Uh, next matchup, Undashing Cody Rhodes taking on the Authority Triple H. Oh, another great matchup here. I love the Undashing stuff by Cody. Uh, different side of Triple H, the, the suit, the official, the leadership, uh, Triple H stuff with Seth. Um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I'm going to go with the Authority Triple H. Uh, Dylan, where are you going? I, I'm going to agree with you. I love that version of Cody Rhodes, but I'm going Authority Triple H. All right. Um, Christian, go ahead. I'm also in agreement. Authority Triple H. Just... Okay. Rhodes was good, but this Authority Triple H is some of the best work Triple H has ever done. All right. So I'm uh, moving right into the next matchup. The Yes Movement, Daniel Bryan taking on the Beautiful People's Mean Girls gimmick, 2007 to 2011. I'm going to keep the short and sweet. I'm going Beautiful People, and I don't think it's particularly close. Um, like Dylan said, I think they really lit, led an era. Now, definitely there was Gail Kim at a time. Um, they really weren't in a, in the title picture a whole lot. I know Angelina was, but they were just it, it was different. They'd use hairspray and the eyes. It was it was a very modern gimmick at the time. It was unique. It was different. You could sink your teeth into it. Um, I, I loved it. I, it's one of my favorite staples ever. I'm biased. Uh, I'm going beautiful people. Uh, Christian, where are you going? I think this is a little bit tougher than you might make it out to be. I mean, what? It's hard to like continue giving arguments for all these because we've done the first yeah. playing each of them. The Daniel Bryan gimmick was great, but the beautiful people was just done so well night in and night out on impact. Yeah. Seen them on pay per views that we were we reviewed. Angelina Love. She was fantastic. I think I think she was part of that group, to be honest. And that leadership role just yeah. worked. I'm going the beautiful people. All right, Dylan. I mean, I'm losing this one. I love the beautiful people. My vote is Daniel Bryan just because of how over he was. He was the biggest thing in wrestling, really. Um, beautiful people did have a great impact, um, and I remember them very fondly. I'm going Daniel Bryan, but I'm not going to disagree with either one of you. I think the beautiful people work great. All right, moving right into the next matchup here. Abyss, Joseph Park split personality, taking on broken Matt Hardy. Dylan, where are you going? I didn't think he'd be paired with Broken Matt Hardy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a tough one. I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off. I'm going Broken Matt. I love the Broken Matt stuff. Um, they, there's something about the Abyss character. <sighs> I'm I'm going to go Broken Matt as well. I would also be going Broken Matt. All right. So Broken Matt is moving on to the next round. Clean sweep. Yep. Uh, so the next matchup here will be the Phenom Undertaker going on against Drip God Seth Rollins. I know how you guys felt about that. Oh. Very tough matchup. I'm going Phenom Undertaker pretty quick. Um, Christian, we'll go to you. Can can Dylan go? Because these are my top two favorite gimmicks ever. You uh, have to go. You have no. To you go. you have to you have to go. This may take me like five minutes to think about though. All right, I'll go. I'm going Undertaker. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think that's a better gimmick. I mean, I mean, that's it's the goat. It's yeah. the goat. It's the Undertaker. I love Seth. I love what he's currently doing, but it's the Undertaker. Like, I just think between the two, I just think the Phenom's better. But yes, but Seth has elevated himself to a different level since being on this gimmick. Every but day- Seth has always been good, though. He has been. The Monday Night Messiah stuff was good. 
but it seemed it feels like he took just a giant leap forward since coming into this gimmick. And really, it kind of feel, felt like it started with the Roman Reigns feud last year going to the Rumble. Those promos were awesome. Yeah. What he was doing was awesome. It is hard to argue against the Phenom Undertaker just simply because it was always so consistent and just perfect. It was a darker character. I'm not swaying either one of you guys. I know that. I don't know. It's something about just this Seth Rollins character. Maybe it's just me fanboying Seth Rollins again. Probably is, but that's a, that's just a tough one for me. Yeah. So Those are my um, favorites ever. So Undertaker is moving on there. Next matchup: Decay Rosemary versus Big Money Matt Hardy. We will start with Christian. I think this one's pretty easy. I'm going yep. with Rosemary. Yeah. Yep. Dylan, go ahead. Rosemary. Yep. Rosemary, uh, clean sweep. I, I, I mean, come on. <laughs> Rosemary at that time. I mean, come on now. Um, going to the next matchup here, we got Sammy Callahan's Ohio versus everything gimmick, a cult leader gimmick going on against EC3's Dixie Carter spoiled nephew gimmick. I absolutely loved both of these. I know how much it elevated and how much TNA needed that young star. I'm going EC3. I'm going EC3. Um, Christian, go ahead. Both of these gimmicks really elevate each other, put them on the map. I don't think – I think Callahan might have been fine without this gimmick because yeah. he's just really good on the mic. EC3, I don't, I don't know if he would have been put on the map as much with something else. So for that reason, I'm going EC3. All right, Dylan? Yeah, I'm going EC3 as well. I don't like – I get that this elevated Callahan as well, but EC3 was literally WWE's waste. Yeah. At one point, as Derek Bateman. He was the reality show in XT. So I, the, the way he, he made himself into a main event star, yeah, I'm going EC3. Um, last second round matchup, we got Bully Ray from the Aces and Eights leader going against the legend killer Randy Orton. I'm not winning this. I know I'm not. I'm going Bully Ray. Um, I thought that was, I think, what he was doing. It really set a different personality or a different personality of him. Uh, and you could see that into his promos. Um, talk about elevating people, elevate a lot of people in that stable. Uh, quickly, I'm going Bully Ray. And uh, Christian, go ahead. Yeah, you guys probably know where I'm going with this one. I'm going Legend Killer Randy Orton. Yeah, I, I didn't really think I had a shot there. Yeah, I'm keeping it short and sweet. It's Randy Orton. Did not think I had a shot there, but um, we will put up Randy Orton there. We're going to go right back to the top of the bracket. Authority Triple H taking on Chelsea Green, the Laurel Van Ness gimmick. Talk about different gimmicks here. Um, you get the versatility of Triple H versus... I think the best thing that Chelsea has ever done. Uh, remember, Chelsea is not a great pro wrestler, but as a character, dude, she is, she's unique. She can take things to the next level. She understands like the different like emotion points um, about herself. And really she resonates with a crowd. Um, Triple H's promos. I'm going upset. I'm going Chelsea Green. I'm going Chelsea Green again. Uh, Dylan, where are you going? No. Clock has struck midnight on Cinderella. This is Triple H's time. Triple H gets the win. 
All right. Come on, Christian. Don't. See, it, it's really hard to decide between these two. No, it's not. They're so yeah. much different. They are so very different characters. I think it's pretty easy. Go I mean, I, I mean, the, Triple H had Seth Rollins. He had a lot of great you know, people working with him. Remember, Chelsea Green helped Allie. Uh, Maria was the, the face of the women's division there, really helped her. It really helped the Blade at that time. There was just a lot of different layers to this character. So that, that's my rebuttal against it. So where are you going? Dylan, I'm sorry. Triple H had a bunch of stars around him. Yep. Chelsea. Oh, yeah, the big show. I'm sure he did. Yep. Chelsea. Corporate Kane. Yep. Jamie are, Noble. Yep. Are you going Chelsea Green? Who? You. Yeah, I'm going Chelsea. Wow. Oh, whatever. wow. Whatever. Whatever. Talk about an upset. Whatever. It's like Seth Rollins and Rusev accompanying him. Yeah. He um, stars with him. Chelsea. I hope she draws the fucking Undertaker next round. So, going on to the next matchup. The beautiful people with the Mean Girls gimmick taking on broken Matt Hardy. Christian, where are you going here? I'm going to be- You say beautiful people? Yep. Okay. Uh, don't worry, going. No, you want to talk about layers to a character, you got to talk about Broken Matt. I'm going Broken Matt Hardy. A lot of layers to a character. I, I did love the development. Um, TNA at a time, like, I mean, we- we've said a lot of times before, the Mean Girls gimmick, how they basically, <clears throat> you know, did basically the thing from the movie. It was different. It was unique. It was creative. I'm going beautiful people in the upset. So beautiful people. Uh, How are you going to call it unique when you just said they stole it from a movie? What do you mean? It was unique, like at the time in wrestling. Yeah, it was unique nobody, when Tina Fey wrote it. Hey, nobody was I'm, doing that in wrestling, though. Exactly. That, that's my point. Whatever. That's my point. So beautiful I with a people. Bunch of schmucks. Be- in an upset. Another beautiful one. people are yeah, moving on to the final mad. four. So. The next matchup is – this is the hardest one, I think, we will say of the bracket. The Phenom Undertaker taking on Decay's Rosemary. Um, Undertaker was the five-star guy at the time. Um, a lot of – you know, talk about layers, a lot of layers with his promos. But if we talk about something different, dude, Decay's Rosemary, talk about makeup. She would do her makeup differently. The, the way that she elevated – Decay at the time, I, it really hurts the Undertaker just because this is my favorite of all time. I'm going Rosemary. So done. I'm going the Undertaker. Come, I come on now. It's the Undertaker, dude. He had fucking druids walking around with him. No, oh, it's the Undertaker. All right, Christian. I think about the Undertaker is he was already a star. Yes. Uh, Rosemary was not. No, she was not even in the coming. She was she was doing indie stuff. This built her up, and now look at what she's doing in 2023. This is where it started with her. Yep. The Undertaker would have been fine with any other gimmick. Rosemary yep. was, I'm going Rosemary. Whoa. <laughs> Dude, this is not how I thought this would go. But um, to the, to the last uh, quarterfinal, EC3. With Dixie Carter's spoiled nephew gimmick taking on the red, the 
the Regent Killer, the Legend Killer, Randy Orton. Uh, Dylan, where are you going here? Two young guys trying to make a name for themselves. I don't know. This is tough. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Randy Orton. All right, Christian, where are you going? I'm not voting against Orton. I kind of figured. Um, I was probably going to go EC3. I didn't think I'd win. So uh, Orton is moving on. And we have our final four set. Chelsea Green uh, with a Laurel Van Ness gimmick taking on the beautiful people. So you have a leader in Angelina Love that helped elevate um, this group. You have Chelsea Van Ness in a very different time. Oh, man, this is... This is tough, man. I mean, I these are two of my all-time I, – I will say these were two of mine. So, oh, man, dude, this – I'm going to go beautiful people, though. I'm going to go the beautiful people. It's hard for me to go against Chelsea Green, but I just think what their impact was on going beautiful people. Uh, Christian, what do you got? This is a finals-worthy matchup. Yeah, I, I think so, too. really do. This is tough. Oh, you could say either one and it wouldn't be wrong. That's the thing. The Chelsea Green stuff with her, it was something different every week. The beautiful people were kind of the same, but it worked. Yeah. And I think that's where it stands out. And like we said earlier, this was when women's wrestling wasn't as big of a deal. They were made a big deal in TNA because of the group. I'm going beautiful people. All right, Dylan. Yeah, I'm keeping it short and sweet. I'm going beautiful people. The beautiful people are going to the finals. So another one of mine, which was Rosemary. So I had three of the four. So Rosemary is taking on the legend killer Randy Orton. I kind of have an idea where this is going to go. Um, I do. Uh, my, my only argument was that Randy Orton was also very, very good before this. Um the layers of Rosemary, like I said before, you know, the, the different atmospheres, the different locations, the, her with the house, the tire swing, the character development every week. I think she brought Bram to, like, the headquarters, and, like, he kind of had a personality change with, as well. So, and then there's just a whole bunch of other people that kind of fed off of that. Um, I can't go against Rosemary. Everyone knows that. I can't go against it. But, um, Chris, or, uh, yeah, we'll go, Christian. Where are you going? Uh, here? Is he here? Uh, I think he just left. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, what do you want to do? Well, I mean, let me get him back. Uh. <laughs> I think we should leave this in the show. <laughs> um well i guess i just got kicked off that's what he just texted me i guess while we're waiting for christian um i can place my vote right yeah place your vote yeah i'm gonna i I love rosemary i get that it's different i get that's unique i don't know like i get randy orton has the family lineage and he had the name and everything but I'm still going to vote Randy Orton here just because this placed him to a different stratosphere. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Randy Orton. Became the youngest world champion in WWE history because of this gimmick. 
Yeah, I'd have to. Uh, you're really going to make me decide? Yeah, you're the decider. Rosemary yep, Orton, who's the, going to find You're the tiebreaker, bud. Man. I can't go against my boy. It, it, I mean, it, it, like I said, I was doing my best. I mean, the legend killer, Randy Orton, is fantastic. I just think, personally, to me, I think that Kay Rosemary is the best gimmick of all time. So that's why I was biased towards it. Um, I saw the whole backstory. I went back and watched every week, every segment. So I know everything that kind of transpired, what she became um, with her, obviously, when title, or sorry, the knockouts title. Um, Orton, I mean, like you said, I mean, it really brought him to a different um, stratosphere in WWE. So Orton is moving on. So in the finals, Randy Orton taking on the beautiful people. Ooh, I did not, not think this was, would be. this is not the one that I thought. And, um, you know, I, I think I'm going to be just like the last one. I love Orton. I love the beautiful people. I'm going to go to beautiful people. So, uh, Christian, where are you going? I love all these people involved in the finals. They, all these people shaped me becoming a wrestling fan. And Oh, yeah. I mean. I think people don't talk about beautiful people enough. They really don't. No, they don't. And they were honestly a top, always the top three biggest reason to watch TNA at the time. Oh, yeah. Because it was something different every week was but randy orton this character is the reason i got into wrestling he's the reason i love wrestling he's my favorite of all time any can't listen any character he does is great no matter what it is but for one this jump started his career to just a different level become the youngest world champion ever and he he rode that momentum off becoming the youngest champion ever Took that character through like 2008 and became the Viper and became more sadistic. And it was. Yeah, this basically led him to that Viper gimmick, right? Yep. Yep. This launched him into this launched him into doing the stuff with Triple H, you know, RKOing Stephanie, kicking Vince in the head. Yeah, dude, that stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. This led him into that and it was phenomenal. I'm going Randy Orton. All right, Dylan. Who is the winner of the bracket? Hmm. Two completely different gimmicks, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Two very different ones. Um, I want to go on record and say that I absolutely love the movie Mean Girls, which is why I think I like the Beautiful People faction so much. <laughs> I'm not even ashamed to admit it. I fucking love that movie. Um. That's how I knew who wrote it, by the way. Um, <laughs> of course you did. Um, but. Oh, wait, hold on. My, sorry, my flight is now open for check-in. But go on. Oh, man, I. I'm just going to cut right to. Cut right, cut right to the point here. Going legend killer Randy Orton. Yeah, I kind of Final figured. answer. All right, so legend killer Randy Orton has defeated the beautiful people and is the winner of the bracket. Uh, just a quick recap, the final four was Chelsea, G- Chelsea Green is a Laurel Van Ness, beautiful people, Rosemary, and Randy Orton. Uh, how many of you thought that was going to be the final four? 
no, no, not at all. <laughs> Chelsea Green won on a Cinderella run. Yeah. She she took out Brock, the Fiend, and Triple H to get there. What a joke. Woo! Yeah. Wow. So uh talk about Cinderella run. Uh we have gotten very long with this, but did you guys have fun with this? Oh, this was a lot of fun. Okay. There was a lot of time to put into this, so thanks to everyone. You know who you are that helped with that. Uh, Christian, last thoughts before we move on? My man wins another honor. And remember, he opened with CM Punk. That is not that is not an easy one to throw. Let's let's put that on record. Like CM Punk and any other, he might go to the four, Dylan. He yeah. might hit in a, and he might have gone to the quarterfinal or the, the the finals. Yeah. That is a tough matchup. Um, a lot of fun. I cannot wait to do another bracket. And uh, stay tuned because uh, I have a couple in mind, so I'll definitely reach out to the guys about their opinion. But, uh, Dylan, what is your dummy out moment of the week? My dummy out moment of the week goes to one Ted DiBiase Jr. Oh, my God. Um, Ted DiBiase and the whole Brett Favre against the state of Mississippi investigation um, is has been officially charged for stealing millions of dollars from low-income families and individuals from the state of Mississippi. Um, <laughs> the federal indictment was <laughs> unsealed, and it contains 13 total charges, including theft, fraud, money laundering, and conspiracy. The move comes 18 months after uh, Ted DiBiase Jr., along with his father and his brother, um, were ordered to repay millions of misspent welfare money. Um, apparently, Ted uh, is being accused of, of taking money from the fund to build his own house um, and, and do some other stuff. He and that other sticky-fingered bandit in Mississippi, I mean, all jokes aside. No, he was, he was proved not guilty for something, right? Well, he was charged. That's he what was, the report was. Okay. I thought um, and he's facing said... a lot of jail time. It's still okay. uh it's still ongoing. Okay. But um all jokes aside, how can you steal from people who need the money way more than you? Some people who are money hungry, man. Um Vince. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm looking at I'm looking at Ted. I'm looking at my childhood hero, Brett Favre. Um it's just very um uh, I just don't get it, man. I just, I just don't. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but I just think it's a very scummy thing to do. But um, that broke wrestling news this week and uh, had to be talked about. Just uh, mind your own business and be a good person and uh, you'll get far in life. Don't steal from poor people. Yeah, don't steal. It's not fucking rocket science, dude. Like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Someone else go. I'm done. Yeah, I I mean, I'm done with it. Christian, you got anything else? Um, Move on. Yeah, yep. uh, Christian, go ahead. Yeah, mine's a little bit lighthearted this week. Did you guys see that Braun Strowman throw on Ricochet? Yeah, dude. He, <laughs> I thought he was going to launch him into the next. <laughs> dude. And, dude, he launched him so far, and it was still short. <laughs> dude, dude. Could you imagine, like, you, like, Christian, me, or Dylan trying to launch Ricochet to, like, the middle of the ring? Like, dude, even at bronze site, that's still hard to do. It is. That would be like Dylan tossing me to the, the middle of the ring. That, see, that's just not. I could probably toss Spencer to the middle of the ring. Yeah, that's still a little debatable. But, well, um... it, was, it, 
funny. It was because uh, they were facing the Viking Raiders, and uh, I think it was Eric in the ring. Ricochet gets tossed, lands at his feet. Eric just looks down like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, it was like – and they kind of sold it well, too. Like, I thought the Viking Raiders did a great job. Yeah, yeah they did. Uh, I just thought uh, it was lighthearted. No, I, I thought that was funny, too. Don't anything else? That's better than Ted. Yeah, better than Ted. Um, this is a, this is kind of like a mix of the two. Um, between like serious and non-serious, not really serious actually. Um, so as always, Vince will always be one half, and the other half goes to Vince McMahon. <laughs> Apparently, according to multiple sources, uh, Dango himself, uh, Fondango, uh, said that Vince did not care. For the Fashion Files segments. This included Fandango and Tyler Breeze. Dango said that Vince apparently never laughed once. He did not get the pop culture references. Did not understand why this was getting over in social media. He did let it go for a couple weeks. But I remember these segments actually being absolutely hilarious. And some of the highlights of SmackDown at the time. So what do you guys think about Vince just hating it. But allowing it to go on for a little bit. What a fucking goof. I know. What a Talk goof, about me dude. having no fun. The reason what why I didn't get the pop culture reference is because he's a geriatric dinosaur. I know. <laughs> I know. What a nerd. Dude, Tyler Breeze, bro, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I liked it. I liked it. It was goofy, but they stuck to a bad stage stuff, which I really like. Like, here's the thing. People say I, I'm just very harsh to uh, Dan Housen. Dude, if he stuck to this role and the backstage stuff and didn't really get in the ring, I would be behind it. But taking away some opportunities from people, that's kind of why I don't like it. But um, I loved how they just stuck it to the backstage stuff. Anything else, I Christian? That's great. Yeah, well, I do too. Why would you book it if you didn't like it? Because uh, Vince is uh, Vince McMahon and. That, that's pretty much it. Hey, did um, you know there's a story that Vince McMahon ordered a burrito every day and didn't know what a burrito was? Fun fact. So, uh, moving on. Um, Dylan, uh, before we head out, can you tell the viewers what we're doing next week? Yeah, next week, uh, since Backlash is just a couple weeks away, we, me, uh, Kyle, and Christian uh, will be reviewing uh, Backlash 2016 to get hyped up for this year's event. Kyle will be fresh off an airplane, so I'm sure he'll be very tired, but we appreciate him still coming on the show and doing this. Well, fresh off work, so it'll be too. a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm, I'm literally getting home at 1 in the morning next Sunday. I have to do stuff for the show, so I'm going to be up late, going to work, coming home, we're doing the show. Yep. So this is it's going to be man. a very interesting time. Um, like I said before, uh, Christian will be doing AW to help me out a little bit. So uh, – Definitely going to have to uh, carry the load for me next week, but um, I- I'm very excited uh, for that show, and um, I think we hit this one out of the park. I, I absolutely love the tournament. Um, anything else before we head out? No, I can't wait to do the next tournament. Yep. Christian, anything else before we move on? Get out. Seth Rollins in a better role. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, guys. We'll catch everyone next week. We're on the road to WWE's Backlash. Yes, sir.